have been sacrificing our education to protest against your inaction. Ask the EU to stop caging animals. To reconcile the economy with our planet. Set a timeline for fossil fuel phase-out. To master the challenges of the digital age. None of the European nations will be part of the GA. It is about where we want to go and who we want to be. Hello there, welcome to Citizen Central, a podcast series all about the first transnational democracy instrument in the world, the European Citizens Initiative. Brought about back in the Lisbon Treaty, the ECI gives people the chance to pitch their own EU policies to the European Commission by gathering one million signatures from seven EU states. My name is Maeve McMahon, I'm an Irish reporter in Brussels, and on Citizen Central, I'll be finding out what exactly the ECI is, how you can launch or support one, and what drives people to give up their time and energy for a cause they care deeply about. Now in today's 10th anniversary chapter of the ECI, first we'll be meeting Dr. Julia Baines from PETA. She'll introduce us to the ECI Save Cruelty-Free Cosmetics. Then we'll look back into the history of the ECI. We'll first go to Italy and bring in Virginia Fiume, one of the very last ECIs to end their collection with their ECI Stop Global Warming. Then we'll be off to meet the leader of the very first ECI, Simona Procute, whose life in the last 10 years has changed considerably, as you'll see. Now, cosmetics is a big business in the EU, but though an animal testing ban is in place, European cosmetics, in some cases, are still tested on animals. And that's exactly what our next guest is trying to end. Dr. Julia Baines from PETA, thank you so much for being with us here on Citizen Central. So I'm Dr. Julia Baines and I'm the Science Policy Manager for PETA UK. And a lot of my work involves basically trying to save cruelty-free cosmetics. So I do a lot of work around the cosmetics regulation, how it interacts with chemicals regulations and how those two often contradict each other in terms of animal tests. So I do lobbying within the parliament, working with industry and also in fronting campaigns. Tell us more about your ECI, Save Cruelty Free Cosmetics. Well, with the EU ban on cosmetics tests on animals came the promise that animals would no longer suffer and die for the sake of cosmetics tests. And quite simply, that promise has been broken animals are still dying in animal tests for cosmetics ingredients, including ingredients that are used exclusively in cosmetics products. They're not used for any other purpose and ingredients that have been on the market for decades. And that simply must stop because this breaks the wishes of the public and also the intention of the legislators that brought forward the EU cosmetics testing ban. We need to see progress for not just for the animals, but actually for improving human health, to have better medicines, better product safety, and better protection of the environment. So what we are aiming to achieve is a a humane, human-relevant science that is animal-free. And we need better funding and for this to be fully utilised. And so really the objectives of our 
European citizens' initiative, Save Cruelty Free Cosmetics, is to protect and strengthen the cosmetics animal testing ban, but also to transform the EU chemicals regulation and to really modernise animal-free science. And how's the process been so far? It's been brilliant because we have brought together a number of animal protection organisations. So Peter has joined forces with Cruelty Free Europe, with the European Coalition to End Animal Experiments, with Eurogroup for Animals and also the Humane Society International Europe. And together, these animal protection organisations actually represent over 100 organisations individually across all EU member states and so this collaboration has meant that we can bring together the expertise of our scientists, our policy advisors, our legal analysts and by getting together and having the ECI we can really show the Commission what the public want and that is to save cruelty-free cosmetics because we've seen in recent polls for example that nearly three quarters of European citizens want to see animal tests for cosmetics in particular stopped. And the vast majority from the same poll also want to see the EU set binding targets to phase out animal testing entirely. How should they be tested then? What's the conscious alternative to animal testing? Well, some of the alternatives that we have in place are advanced computer models that can be far more accurate at predicting what happens to the human body when they're exposed to various chemicals. We have fantastic 3D human skin cell culture methods where you can actually use human skin cells, again, to predict what might happen on the human skin surface. We have brilliant tests now to predict what might happen if you were to get a chemical in your eye, what kind of irritation it might cause, what kind of allergies on your skin might happen. And again, all of these different types of methods, when they're put together, can combine into what we call a weight of evidence approach to really build up what can potentially happen to humans. And of course, there does still need to be more investment. There does still need to be further development. And that's why we really need to make sure that the methods we have are not only fully utilised, but that there's proper funding in place for where we still need to see further development. And has it been challenging trying to get those one million signatures? We've had brilliant support, fortunately. We have been incredibly lucky to have our campaign launched by Dove and The Body Shop, two global powerhouses within the cosmetics industry. And they have really galvanised support across all consumers to try and reach that target of one million signatures. And we are aiming actually to be the fastest ever ECI to actually reach that target. And have you learned a lot along the way uh, during this process of, of being involved in this ECI? Yeah, we're definitely learning that collaboration is key. Collaboration and organisation, because it's so important to make sure that you not only have the help that you need to get your message out there and to get it across, of course, 26 member states, but also it's key to be organised in terms of the messaging that we're putting out across our social media channels, that we are aligned in our approach. And many cosmetic brands argue that they are against animal testing. Is that really true? Do you know what percentage of cosmetics continue testing on animals? Across the world, it's estimated that around about 100 billion animals could still be used 
in various different locations. Areas such as China, for example, tests are still mandated on animals for certain types of products and we still seek testing in other jurisdictions as well. But the movement is is there. Okay, Dr. Julia Baines there from the Save Cruelty Free Cosmetics ECI. Thank you so much for sharing your story and all about the process of being involved in this ECI with us and for joining us on Citizen Central. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Now, it's probably one of the ECIs that causes the most emotional reaction. So to get an expert insight into this, let's head to Brussels to meet John Chafe, Director General of Cosmetics Europe. John, thanks for joining us. Tell us first more about yourself. So my name is John Chafe. I'm Director General of Cosmetics Europe. Cosmetics Europe is the association which represents the cosmetics and personal care industry at European level. Cosmetics and personal care is regulated at European level and has been since 1976. That means that wherever you are in the European Union, you're subject to the European Cosmetics regulation. And that means that policy initiatives and regulatory changes at European level affect all the cosmetics and personal care industry in Europe. Cosmetics Europe act as a uh, interface with the European institutions to make sure that regulation is properly understood and that the needs and interests and views of the cosmetics and personal care industry are taken into account in the legislation and policy process. Now, we all use cosmetics every day, but do you think people get how big the cosmetic sector really is? People don't actually understand what is meant by cosmetics because often when people say cosmetics, they think of makeup and maybe skincare as cosmetics. But in fact, cosmetics is a huge range of products. And that's why we say cosmetics and personal care. Because under the European regulation, products ranging from fine fragrances at one end to toothpaste at the other end, with all sorts of products in between like hair dyes and skincare, etc., are covered by the same cosmetics regulation. Now, can you clarify to us if cosmetics in the European Union are tested on animals or not? And if they are, why can't we end this? There are no cases in Europe where products are tested on animals. It's also the case that some concerns have been raised by the requirements of the European Chemicals Agency to do animal testing on some chemicals and some chemicals which could in principle be used in cosmetics. And that has caused some concern. And again, the cosmetics industry in Europe really wants to move towards a post-animal testing era. And that means encouraging European agencies like the European Chemical Agency to recognize the reality and the potential of alternatives to animal testing. There is an issue with China and China often crops up in this context where samples of some cosmetics products have to be submitted to the Chinese authorities for animal testing. And this is something, of course, that the industry, which strongly supports the European animal testing ban, would like to change. But here there are some positive developments. China has gradually moved away from requiring all cosmetics to be tested. And had you ever heard of the ECI before we reached out to you? I certainly have heard uh, about the European Citizens Initiative, and I think it's a a good way to bring attention to some of the challenges which have arisen in connection with how our ban in cosmetics, how that interacts with the broader chemicals legislation. And I think the time is right for a debate about that and a conversation, again, coming back to the point that the solution to these problems is really to embrace the potential of alternatives. And I think the ECI has quite successfully drawn attention to these challenges and uh, we welcome the debate and we would like also to be part of conversations with the authorities and with our partners in the animal welfare organizations to make sure that we move forward into the new era. 
Do you think the sector really wants to stop testing on animals? Sometimes there is a misperception that in some way the cosmetics industry is defensive about animal testing. This is absolutely wrong. We 100% support the European ban. There's no question about that. We 100% support the need to move towards alternatives. And this we share with animal, animal welfare organisations. We 100% support the need to engage with uh, European and international authorities about alternatives to animal testing. And this we share with the animal welfare organisations. So we have an awful lot in common and I very much hope that we can work in partnership in the future to realise our common goals. And I would add, we need animal welfare NGOs on board on, on this. Okay, John, I'll be letting Dr. Baines know that you'll be signing up. Well, uh, John, as a citizen, might consider signing up. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for your time, your knowledge and your support. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Well, now we can dash over to Italy and bring in Virginia Fiume, coordinator of EU MANS and also the leader of Stop Global Warming, one of the very last ECIs that closed its campaign just before we launched Citizen Central. So Virginia, it's great to talk to you. Hi to all the listeners. So how did you find out about the ECI? Back in 2012, I used to work for a cultural association in Italy that had a focus on European cultural policies. And uh, there was another organization who at that time launched a European citizen initiative on media pluralism. In Italian, that was very popular because, of course, at that time there was Berlusconi in power. He was the owner of a lot of media. And so the issue was very important for the Italian citizens. So that was the first time in my life that I heard about a European citizen initiative. Uh, so I knew the instrument. And then when I saw that as an instrument available for me was in 2019, when with Marco Cappato, who is the founder of Humans, we decided to try to launch this idea of a pan-European movement that fight for sustainability, civil rights, democracy through participatory democracy instruments. And what was your experience with Stop Global Warming like? So it was quite a journey. I called it a marathon because it really is a marathon. We didn't have a network before. So we started with an idea. We collected a group of citizens, individual citizens who agreed on the idea. And then we started to, to run in the campaign. So at the beginning, was uh, what was more difficult was the bureaucratic and technological element. And then there was uh, the problem of the time, getting ourselves known. Then I think the pandemic had quite a change and also we onboarded a communication team to work on the campaign and an approach that was based on involving influencers. And this was quite a game changer for the campaign. So all the group of activists felt that something was possible. So the combination of uh, communication, uh, consultancy, this involvement of this influencer and this boost and the pandemic. So people had more time to look at things online uh, was uh, quite helpful. And the next steps, the daily life was like identifying this methodology and trying to replicate it. So what we did was to work on the supporters of the initiative, famous people, testimonial celebrities, but also political supporters. I have to say that uh, we 
knew we wouldn't have collected one million signatures. But we knew that the carbon pricing topic was relevant in the debate and would have been more and more relevant. We decided to have a more political approach. So what we did was to focus on mayors. So mayors as representatives of local level communities, but also as the bridge between the local and the European level. So I think if I have to summarize it, was an effort of being creative in finding ongoing new stakeholders new political partners, new organizations that could walk a little mile of this marathon with us. And any advice for someone who's thinking of proposing an initiative or someone that's midway in their signature collection? So first of all, I would say put your topic in a way that it's clear and shows why it matters to one million people at least. Don't stay too much focus on the theory, but on the practice of on the how you can touch the heart of a lot of people. That's the first thing. The second thing is uh, find at least that the seven people that constitute your committee are really committed and feel the same urgency. So you need the commitment in at least seven countries, because uh, you need to penetrate into the political debate, into the pop debate, into whatever. But one thing that I learned running a European citizen initiative is that we shouldn't be colonialist when we think about European Union. Every single uh, country has its own identity, its own level of debate, its own national debate. So you really need to have at least seven people in at least seven places that know what's going on there and that are highly, highly, highly engaged. And Virginia, what's the morning like after your initiative ends? So the good thing or bad, I don't know, is that I already had other initiatives happening. So it was a bit like, okay. <laughs> no, there was, a, there was a sense of emptiness because it's something that you put a lot of effort. So there is a moment of like, oh no, what do I do tomorrow? On the other side, we never looked at the ACI as something that would have finished on the 22nd of July. Our goal is the carbon pricing and the ACI was an instrument. So would you go for a second round? I would do it again with a bit more effort into having a team of uh, full-time people on board. And uh, stay tuned because humans might be back soon with some other things. Okay, Virginia, thank you so much for joining us here on Citizen Central. Thank you very much. In today's 10th anniversary chapter of the ECI, time to head over to NATO to bring in Simona Prancute, the leader of the very first ECI, Fraternity 2020. Simona, tell us more about yourself. Uh, originally, I come from Lithuania, but I have been living abroad since 2009. I participated in different um, programs, exchange programs, and finally, I end up in Brussels. So uh, I joined uh, Fraternity 2020 10 years ago. Back then, I was 25. Uh, So I have been uh, living in Brussels for nine years. For the last uh, couple of years, I have been working for an international organization. So yeah, I'm very happy that the European Union offered me this amazing opportunity. And what exactly was Fraternity 2020 asking for? To promote programs for young people, not only Erasmus. Our idea was that young people should have this opportunity, that uh, it shouldn't be a competitive program 
And when I was a student uh, to participate in Erasmus Exchange program, it was really uh, very competitive. I also noticed that Erasmus program back then has been considered also like a start for a new life. So you can imagine that it's very challenging if you never uh, worked abroad, if you don't speak very well uh, foreign languages uh, to write your CV in, I don't know, German, French or English and companies who would be willing to sign agreement with the u- university. The start was really very difficult. So having had this experience, Fraternity 2020 was really close to my heart. Programs and opportunities that are easier to access to young people, especially for young people with underprivileged background. And looking back on Fraternity 2020, how does one feel the day after the ECI campaign ends? I remember when the campaign finished that night, I wrote uh, my first article for Euroactive about my experience with Fraternity 2020. I just got inspired and this article is sent to Euroactive and that next, the next day it was published. I was uh, a little bit upset that it's over, but also happy because, uh, because I did it uh, so much time and I worked almost full time on a voluntary basis. It was uh, a win and lose, lose because we, cannot, we haven't uh, achieved to collect 1 million signatures. However, there was a big win, I think, for rising awareness of opportunities for young people for inclusive uh, youth exchange programs. I learned uh, public speech before. I, I didn't have ex- experience at all. I also learned how to run uh, social media campaigns, campaigning in general. I learned also a little bit about a dig- a digital marketing and meet uh, incredible people. So that was a big win at, at the personal level. It was really one of the best professional experience for me. Did this ECI change your life? Absolutely. I think it helped me to get uh, opportunities. After the European Citizens Initiative, I joined one of the European associations. I I got a scholarship to study at one of the best universities in in Europe. Then I also was an intern at the European Commission. I was invited as as a guest speaker, as a moderator um, at conferences organized by the European Parliament. So it gave me so many incredible opportunities and to focus on uh, uh, research topics related to citizens' participation. Very awarding. Okay, thank you so much, Simona. Thank you so much for joining us on Citizen Central and the very best of luck to you. A great pleasure to share uh, my experience with other fair citizens and also with current or former organizers of, of the European Citizens' Initiatives. And this brings the special anniversary chapter of Citizen Central to an end. A big thank you to all our guests and of course to you for listening. If you fancy finding out more about any of our ECIs or our guests, please check out our show notes. You can also check out the ECI website or the ECI social media channels. I'm Maeve McMahon. been listening to Citizen Central.